Hey, detailers. Podcast sponsor Joe here from Autofiber Australia. As pro detailers, we are all about using the highest quality products for our customers when it comes to compounds, chemicals, and ceramic coatings. But what about microfiber? Are you using cheap towels that get used once and then tossed into the bin? You need to try out our amazing Autofiber range of microfiber. Seriously, it is the best stuff going around. Use our exclusive podcast code 15DDUP and get 15% off when you purchase any of our premium Korean or Chinese made microfiber. We have a wide range of products that are tailor made to last a long haul so you get the best value for money and your customers will appreciate it. Go to autofiber.com.au or find us on Instagram to make your purchase and check out our range. Now back to the podcast. Welcome to the Detailing Down Under podcast, the place for everything auto detailing in Australia right now. Here's your host, Dale Guthrie. G'day and welcome to the Detailing Down Under podcast. I'm your host, Dale Guthrie. Back again and uh, getting very close to Christmas, that crazy time of the year for everyone. So, and uh, as I always say, I see everyone flat out this time of the year and I am myself. So it's pretty cool. So, but other than that, not much to report on my front. So um, I did post earlier that we um, have some Ripper guests coming up to close out the year and then we're off to a big start for 2024 as well with some, some good ones lined up as well. So lots of, um, different sorts of, uh, sort of quality and, um, yeah, what, what people are bringing. So it's, uh, it's a wide range of stuff this time. So it's, it's really cool. And people have reached out to me wanting to, um, come on and, and show some, um, different things. So it's really good. So, but this one, uh, known this bloke for a little bit and this company, um, all the way from Sydney is very popular as well. So definitely in the PPF market and, um, yeah, very respectable uh, detailing shop. So welcome, Ryan, from Australian Detailing Services. Good morning, mate. Thanks, Dale. Thank you. Good morning. Very humbling intro. Thanks for having me on. Oh, thank you. So, uh, yeah, now I've followed you guys for a while, and I did briefly meet you at the – because you're a Gion um, installer yes. as well. We met in yes. Sydney. I think it was over a year ago now. So Yeah, yeah. And, uh, Absolutely, in the first one post COVID, wasn't it? Yeah. Yep. Yeah, yeah. And sat there listening to you on your on your keynote on stage there, so that was pretty cool. Listen to your story, so and I thought, thank well, you. um, you're a good fit for what we do here. So I thought, what thank better you, thank you. people to get on. So um, you were just saying you've been around a while. <clears throat> you're probably longer than I thought, actually. And um, and some of your old photos are pretty pretty interesting. So that that's always good. Where there's a few in there. Or what we were just saying before, you got to start somewhere. I'm sure the first car we coated or polished was, you know, was yep. um, some questionable. As if, if we reflect on it now, I'm sure it'd be questionable. Um, <laughs> yeah, we've been around longer than I. I was talking to my partner the other day and coming up on 10 years, and she's like, Really? I think probably like wow. a lot of people, you, you don't really think about it until you it, it happens and, you know. Happy birthday! Here we are. Whatever. <laughs> yeah. So, what um attracted you? Detailing you were the main man behind the whole business from from day one. Uh, yeah, I had a business partner at the beginning. Um, 
my my dearest one of my dearest friends and still remains to be one of my, my best mates uh alex um we had a friend from school so we were both uni students i studied interior design or commercial <laughs> interior design and all things yes yeah, so i got my my degree in something i don't use but that's okay i'm sure i learned something from it yeah um and we had a friend from school come over and detail our cars one day we both worked in like retail jobs at at uh, respective sort of retail, like what he was at BCF and I worked in a bike shop in sort of um, high end bike stuff. And this guy came over and he charged some pretty good money to spend the day working on our cars. And I thought, yeah, we, I mean, we did a lot of it um, ourselves all the time, but we watched him do it and thought to ourselves, man, this isn't too far off what we you know, have a crack at on the weekend. And uh, like all, all, uh, you know, detailing around Australia, pretty low barrier to entry. So off we went, mm. <laughs> went to super cheap auto or, or something like that and purchased a bunch of product and and started with family and friends cars. But it was most certainly uh, an addictive uh, sort of job that it's like mowing the lawn, right? You start, you know, it's easy 50-50 customers or at the time family and friends. And we were lucky enough to lean on some pretty great, pretty great friends. Um and it was like, wow, look at the difference. This is this is great. It's like, okay, we can have pretty quick satisfaction. <laughs> you can turn it around and here we are. So um that that's where we started anyway. Was that a uh, he, was that a mobile situation back then? Yes, it was. So we started and um shout out to mum and dad uh for the use of their garage for a long I was nine. We were nineteen, just turned twenty when um so like nineteen, twenty when we started the business. And shout out to them. We use the garage a lot as sort of home base, but we started in the back of our Subaru wagon uh, and that then progressed to a little, it was an X fire brigades. You know, those community fire units, you see them on the side of the road, they're like red trailers. So we were out and we were at the auction one day and, and um, we went, we went out, they were like, this trailer is really good. It had like drawers in the top of it and a place for what was obviously a pump and some hoses and stands pipes and things like that. So we're like, oh, cool. That'll do. We'll, we'll get one of those and fit it out. And, mate, it was actually perfect. Um, but it, <laughs> we got to the auction, and I'd never been to an auction before. And to be completely honest, I've really never been since. Um, and we got there at 7 a.m., fearful we missed out on the opportunity. <laughs> it wasn't until 4 o'clock. Did the trailers come up, mate? I must have walked that pickles auction lot every single aisle. And by the end of the day, the old guy on the, on the microphone, he was, he'd sort of figured out, he'd cotton on what I was after and he'd figured out, Oh man, these, these boys are are here. They've been here all day. So the first trailer, it came up and I think we bought it. We paid like 550 bucks. And, and the first guy talk about bootstrapping it, right? The first guy started bidding on a, on a trailer and we were like, Oh, caught off guard and then and he and he closed it out and there was four and I was like man we got to go hard on the second one I don't want to miss <laughs> out so he we started on the second one and he instead of kind of running through the the usual auctioneer thing you know one you know going once next bidder it was and opening bids at 550 bucks and I stuck my hand up and he goes sold to the young man <laughs> how was it done I was like oh awesome and then um neither of us had figured out the when you purchase something from Pickles, you need to either pay them to store it if you're not going to tow it away. So there we are, like 
fuck, we don't have a tow bar. <laughs> anyway, uh-huh. so Alex's G3, he had an SDI hatchback um, that did have a tow bar. And I think fortunately we had, or his Forester at the time. Anyway, we had that. And um, yeah, so lucky enough we towed it home. But we needed more space ultimately is the crux of that. Yeah. And obviously you just decked that out as a mobile unit and towed it around. And We did. We had a good friend of ours who's still, he's actually working in the shop this morning. Um, do all the sign writing and the logos and everything. We painted it white. I think we put, mate, the thing had so much paint on it, probably added to the, my fuel consumption was affected just by the paint alone. There's so much paint on it. Alex, anything you did, did very thoroughly. So uh, it was a good good start too and a, and a great business partner to have in the early days. And I reflect on often now, you know, oh man, it'd be, I wonder what it'd be like now having him having him here. But um, he followed his, his dreams and, and um, went off into the sort of uh, industrial design space and he's now very successful in that space. So yeah, he, he went that way. And I, at the time it was, a, it was financially probably a, a lucky move for me anyway, you know, bought him out and it was what it was. And um, yeah, still, oh, wow. still great to see him. So. Yeah. No, that's cool. When did you, how long did you do mobile and obviously where you ended up now? Was that, your first ever shot? Uh, we started mobile. Uh, we probably did two years on the road full time um, in amongst uni. So I was still finishing uni. I, I did it. I strung it out. At one point in time, I had um, four jobs. I had my retail job. <laughs> I was, yeah, I talk about, talk about hustling like an idiot. Mm. <laughs> uh, sometimes a bit more ironic. Anyway, it was good fun. And, uh, a second shout out to my lovely partner who she's still still around these days. She's a fantastic support. I wouldn't have been able to do it without her. So she she's there every step of the way. And so we started on the road full time. I wasn't, wasn't home very much. I worked in an events business as well, doing oh, yeah. like hosting events and handing out. Back in the day when Instagram, they like the camera, the circle cameras, you go up and get a photo, they get the light on them that spin around you now. Back then they were just like stagnant. Or sit, you know, stationary, not stagnant. And um, yeah, it was good fun as well. And a couple other, I can't remember what else I was doing. Um, working somewhere else. And yeah, she she'd come along and help out on the road where I went when and where I needed it. And took me everywhere from um, as far out as like Picton, eastern suburbs, anywhere you could get it. Primarily just on Facebook at that point. Yeah, yeah, just right. sort of getting leads from Facebook. Because we've had um, people from Sydney before on and even Melbourne doing mobile and saying how yeah. hard it is. Like, you definitely oh, work brutal. for your money. Yeah. You work for your money, definitely. And I think as well, although the market saturation, it was it was a lot, there was a lot fewer people in the market. Well, at least I wasn't aware of them. And I'm sure there were less people eight, six to eight years ago than there are now. Um but man, it was hard work, and the weather—like we've got air-conditioned shops now. And my my staff team complain about. Well, they complain, they're very good, but they'll they'll you know, oh, it's a bit humid in here. It's like guys, the aircon's on twenty-two degrees. <laughs> let's not let's not get caught up in whether it's hot or not. I used to have to put a gazebo up just to keep the sun off the car, so mm. I could wash it properly. Yeah, yeah, mobile is is different, and for those who do, definitely, it, take our hats off to you because it's probably not for everyone. So. Oh, I definitely take my hat off and and um I think there is a there's definitely a space for it. 
and we mm. have many customers call, oh, can you recommend anyone who gets around there? It's a wonderful couple of guys up here who do it. They're great guys up on the beaches and lower North Shore, sort of up North Shore, yeah. really, of, of Sydney. Really good um, good crews who are out there doing it and really nice people. So they're good operators. Yep. Did you, uh, were you self-taught? Would you find some training or did you learn off anyone? Any skills yeah. back then? Uh, so a lot of self a lot of self-talk, a lot of YouTube, a lot of everything like that as always. Um, but credit to Lucas from Polish. He's now Polish Perfection Detailing. He he used to work for Car Care Products uh, in five, back when they were in five dock and um, back in the day. So Mitch Collier, you would have had him on a while ago. He's a G- yeah. He was a Gion guy yeah. or Gion. Um, and yeah, Lucas, we went through the Gion certification. Um, I've been through the Roops certification, uh, 3M uh, glass root did like the paint systems. They did like a finishing course, uh, all sorts of, you know, the um, detailing workshops and just years, you know, probably one or two a year. Um, but ultimately there's just nothing like getting, getting on it and doing it yourself. I've been lucky enough to, to sort of had a bit of practice and, and being able to train on or practice on family cars, my car, stuff like that. So if you do make a boo-boo, which we all have, I've made plenty. It um yeah, it didn't impact a paying customer. It just my poor mum. <laughs> Good on you, mum. Yeah. And you mentioned Gion, so you I think you've obviously been with them a very long time. Probably one of the yeah the first installers. I know you and um, Mad Inc are up there with. Yeah, Nick. Yeah, yeah, great guy. Yeah, good, good bloke over in Perth. He's a fantastic operator. I admire his um his setup. If you ever get the opportunity to have a chat to him, he's a great operator. Yeah, great I've been operator. into their shop in Perth. Um, dropped in. Oh yeah, chatted to him actually before I even started this pod. So, and mm. um, yeah, I think even is like you three guys, like you, Nick, and Phil from Townsville. I think yeah, like the, the original OGs. Yeah, you stole the words. And then there's mm. there's there's a few. There's um even Pasquale up in Hornsby, uh, yep. in Sydney. He's an OG uh, Geon guy as well. Um, I mean, you've been around a few years now as well. But I think there would have been the first ever course. This is taking it back. Um, of course, uh, conference rather. Yep. Mate, there would have been like less than ten of us at a table, and Mike <laughs> from Car Care Products is like, "All right, guys, this is you know, this is awesome." Welcome to Gion, and you know it was a big. I think from uh, from all the car, I don't know. I'm sure there are plenty of other dealer networks out there. There would have been. I mean, you know, these days there's IGL, this Ceramic Pro. Back in the day, was pretty big. Um, you had oh god, there's Nine H. There's every brand under the sun. I can list mm. them all. You can, you know, we can rattle on about that for hours. But their big focus was network, and it was so nice to be able to call a mate. In another city, even in the same city. Hey guys, <laughs> what do you reckon? What are you doing? You know, being able to pick up the phone and talk to someone was such a privilege. Um, so credit to the guys at Gion and Car Care Products for yeah, for starting that, certainly leading it in the early days. Yeah. So what what draw you to Gion was it yeah, how did you find them? They uh Lucky, lucky me, they found us uh, back when Alex and I was still in business, probably 12 months in. Yep. It was Pierre at the time who who has since, uh, it's no secret, he's since now moved over to Expel. So he's now the new right. territory manager for Australia for Expel, which is yep. awesome. 
Uh, so it's so nice to see an old face do full circle. So he's back having a, having a chat and uh, catching up with us, which is nice. Um, yeah, he he reached out ultimately and said, "We're looking for some dealers. We like what you're doing." Um, he's pretty pretty experienced in the space, and he had some valuable input there. And we came on had a had a test it out. I think the biggest thing for me, having used, we were an Opticoat user back then, or not dealer, but we'd buy it from um, Zas Car Care back in the yeah. day with the ZAS. Um, yeah, we we started with them. We used a bunch of different products, as you do. Um, but everything, I think, even from a retailer, like I came from selling fancy bike bicycles, bikes, um, and it was was clean. Gion's product did exactly what it said on the tin um really easy to use great products both for us in a mobile setting and then in the shop great products to put on display great products to sell to customers and they perform they they really do and we have literally touch wood find some wood somewhere <laughs> had very little uh, if any issues ever and i think that goes to show that the, the product is well-developed and I certainly like it. I'm sure there's um, there's critics and I look, I'm no chemist. I'm not an expert in that, in that sort of part of the product. I probably should be, to be honest, um, but they perform really, really well mm. for us and, and they have done for a long time. So I suppose we started it, we, we discovered them. They were a great um, solution. And then I was like, Man, this is this is great if we can continue to get something, and of course we were well supported as well. So um, with the network and and I'm sure Phil and Nick and back in the day Mitch and mm. yeah, there was a um, Dion. He was a mobile operator as well. Uh, Dion from Dion. That was yep. the that was our saying. Yeah, it was good. It was a really good time. So um, it's still nice to be able to talk to those guys. Yeah. So yeah, I think just a great. Probably the biggest thing for me is network. Mm. That was the biggest, yeah, yeah. No, and their products have definitely evolved, and their all their marketing and their their packaging and stuff, like you said, is absolutely is, is pretty next level. So, and if you ever, yeah. I mean, you you were at the the conference, right? So you've got Robert, the founder, there. Yep. You've got you know all the guys from R and D. You've got product experts, chemists, everyone. They're so passionate, but also I I just uh, I love the the way that. And again, it's the network. They double down on on those on those dealers and go, we're going to support you. We're going to help you. We're going to, you know, ultimately build your business or help build you, you know, help you build it rather. Yeah. Um, which is awesome, you know, for a brand. They're not just there to sell product to anyone off the street. And there's no, not to say that there's not a market for that too, because of course now the products are available in the likes of Repco and, exactly. and other big retailers, which brings a brand to another level because then you can say, well, I sell that product. I, you know, you and I, we can, you can say, oh, well, yeah, DPG's um, got it in store. We're an authorized, you know, we're the highest level of, of, of dealer. And I think that's really powerful. You know, mm. the, I know we rag on car dealers and, and <laughs> paint protection they put on cars and <laughs> it is questionable. Absolutely. Um and we make our living on on fixing that and hoping not to make the same mistakes that are made there. But ultimately, they are they've created a, a network, they've created a dealer. You know, if you look at prestige brands, um, they nailed it on the head. Yeah. Have you been in Sydney 
that's a pretty crazy market there. Have you seen the over time the whole pain protection word and how that's changed from from probably from when you started using coatings and now into film and using yeah. um, people coming maybe had the bad experience at the dealership and now we're waking up now. Yeah, I think there's a huge market for what we do now. Um, the well, we as detail, you know, broadly speaking, you and I and the rest of us who listen to this, um, and it's probably built off um, education. So the first thing would be, of course, the market educates the customer. So whether it's at a dealer level, whether it's us spending money on on Meta, on Google, whatever. Mm. Ultimately, as again, as much as stuff gets ragged on, and I I think somewhere along the line we need to understand that whoever's got the biggest exposure to the customer and often that is a dealer they've they've earned their trust the customers in there that spent tens of thousands or hundreds of thousands of millions mm. on a car um, paint protection is is an offer they have or an upsell and it's a good way for them to make money so in one way or another we're going to be there um, either to to fix some of those problems and we have done don't get me wrong this mm. only literally uh Two weeks ago, we had a customer um, with a with a big um, Ram truck, um, and it was done. They put a product on it from the dealer, and it was like abhorrent. It was terrible, like high spots, smudges. It literally had been wiped on, flashed off, and forgotten about. Like it wasn't even buffed <laughs> down. It's just like, yeah, sweet, that's good. It's on there. Um, yeah, and. That works. Obviously, well, it didn't work. It was terrible. But the customer paid good money, you know, two and a half thousand bucks for that product. Mm. Now, effectively, what they're doing is paying for a warranty, whatever that means. And we've we, you've had, had a discussion around that, man. Like it's <clears throat> it should be it should be renamed a life expectancy or a lifespan, not a warranty. Exactly. And we spoke about that at the conference as well. Yeah. But uh, yeah, they're there. I think to answer your question directly the market is becoming more and more educated, which is great. Uh, it means people can ask the sticky questions, which is also great. Um, I forget the gent's name you were chatting to more recently. He's up in um, Harvey Bay in Queensland. You were talking about. Yeah, Sid. Yep. From, yeah, Sid. Uh, yeah, yep. he's, that's the one. Yeah, Intensity, that's the one. And um, he had, he's got an epic understanding of that chemical because he was a sales rep, like you yep. were saying, in that market. And I think that's just such a skill to be able to, um, outsell the dealer, so to speak, and to fix those issues. But unfortunately, as well, on the flip side, for every car that comes in that has a dealer product smeared all over the car, right, and they hate it, ultimately their experience, and this is big in paint protection film, their experience is poor. So, yeah, you can be there saving grace and you can come in and look great. And, oh, yeah, they'll fix my stuff. And, yeah, it's awesome. But it was so shit. Like the first thing they lead with when they're telling their friends is it was a terrible product and I got it fixed by another great guy or a great guy or girl or whatever. That's awesome. Except ultimately their first, their first experience that's with bad. a protection system is bad. And I think as an industry, we, that's getting better and we're continuing to develop it. But Sydney is saturated. Yeah. And as I'm sure is, Everywhere. I'm sure Melbourne's the same. They are. And Brizzy and everywhere, but it is insane how um, over well, overcooked. I think there's a lot of room for people, good operators, and there's a lot of 
Um, there's a lot of market out there, but I've certainly noticed them, particularly in the last 12 to 18 months, it's challenging to do business. Um, you have to be the absolute best all the time. And, uh, and that's fine that customers expect that, mm. but man, it's, there's so much competition. Oh, well, this guy out there. And again, the pricing thing you've spoken about, mm. there's a guy out there who can do it for, do it for less. Um, and that's okay. There's always going to be those people, but ultimately, um, because it is an unqualified industry, like you, like you've mentioned as well, again, to yeah. point of a press, man, like there's no TAFE, there's no nothing. Yeah. Someone, someone has to, you get a certificate from a brand. I mean, that's as good as saying like, you know, Mercedes Benz says I can sell their cars. That's awesome. <laughs> Except I want to buy a, a BMW, right? You know, it's, it's completely different. Um, sort of market and i think really it's it's not like any other trade where we are at the moment just the you've got it's not like we're all operating in a sort of 20 percent band of price where some people are just willing to work for less and or you know deliver slightly less maybe do less hours of paint correction maybe they're only doing one layer they you know that's all tangible things you can explain to a client but in sydney at the moment there are people doing or claiming to do what we do and you probably the same i'm sure you can uh for half mm. and that is hard to explain to a customer um tim allison from wingard down in adelaide mm. uh, wingard paint protection he is a he's a great advocate for um expel and and yeah he uses a few different products but uh coding products i know he's, he's with g technic actually or he uses them um and man he He's like, do you want to be, there's a fancy steak restaurant. Now, forgive me if this is wrong for any Adelaide listeners. I think it's uh, Bowman's steak restaurant, I think. Not sure. Not sure either. I'm not. Yeah. A, anyway, there's a nice steak restaurant, right? And he goes, look, he says to a client who's complaining about that, that price point, he goes, you know, you can buy a steak from Aldi or Coles or Woolworths and it's a nice steak. I'm sure it'll be, it, it'll be great. Ultimately, it's still a steak. It's sold as a steak. It's still a steak. It's still <laughs> But you can go to, you know, this Bowman's, this nice steak restaurant and it's, yes, it's $80. It's, you know, 10 or 15 times the cost. Uh, but you get really professional service, professional experience. You get, it's a whole nother thing. Where do you want to eat? Do you want to eat at, you know, cook your own steak at home or do you want to eat at the fancy restaurant? And hospitality has been doing it for a long time. So mm. I think there's probably room for us to do it too. Yeah. Yeah, you, you're paying for like the quality for install, talking about film. We'll probably get to that in a sec. But yeah, yeah that's what yeah. You, you're paying for. So an experience. Exactly. And exactly. you when did you start? Because you obviously started out with Expel. Mm -hmm. um, how long ago was that? Uh, so it's eight years. So a year after we started. So as soon, effectively, as soon as we started with Gion, they were like, look, we've, the guys at Carco Products who, who initially took it on from the previous distribution Right. said we're going to bring it into ultimately they used the geon network from what i could tell anyway i might stand corrected but basically used us as a as a rollout because they had a great network um so phil and nick to use our previous friends names they and mitch as well at spd they um to name a few went out and said look we're going to roll this out and at the time i was mobile and they said look we just can't give you paint protection film on the street <laughs> and of course i'd never touched it i was like oh yeah why not? <laughs> <laughs> and now having done what I'm doing, I'm like, 
why would you want to? What a horrible idea. Yeah. <laughs> what are you mad? Anyway, so um, yeah, they they were like, look, I know a location's on the horizon. If and when that's the time, it's yours. The North Shore, so, which is where I live and I still do and, and operated at the time, mostly, yeah. you know, get some coverage out there. We'll pop you in the North Corner of Sydney. That'd be great. And that then <laughs> on led the next, the, the, the onslaught, which was trying to find a shop. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> and you've been there since, ever since? or We have. Um, we So that was when Alex and I were in business together. Uh, this was two years in, two and a half years in. And we're like, well, shit, we better find a shop. Let's see what we can do to find a shop. So we're on commercialrealestate.com. I've got, I, I through the sort of bike shop and that cycling um, sort of, the older gen, older guys typically a bit older, you know, mammals, middle-aged men in Lycra. Um, they're real estate agents and fancy like conveyancing lawyers and all that. So I was like, okay, well, surely they know someone. So off we go and and ask around, and they're like, man, you know, I'm 21, 22 nearly. Alex is a bit younger, you know, by six months, and between us, we could probably rub you know a hundred bucks together at the time, whatever it was. <laughs> It was a huge commitment, like true bootstrap business, right? Mm. Um, what's rent cost? Oh, about 200 bucks a square meter. I'm like, oh my God, mm. <laughs> 200 bucks a square meter a month. At that rate, we were looking like, well, okay. At the moment we generate, you know, it was, it was basically a couple of grand a month or whatever it was. It wasn't a full-time thing. And so we're like, okay, well, that's really limiting. Well, we better look for like, I don't know, a hundred square meters and get three cars in it. And, you know, went and work on them. Well, first we had to find three cars to work on. <laughs> then we had to find the space and then we had to put a plotter and expel and all this. Anyway, so um, with a bit of help from mum and dad and and, and yeah, friends and family. Anyway, we I got onto this real estate agent. And I, still, he's, I still remember his name, David Haynes from Northern Beaches Commercial. Such a nice guy. And <laughs> I called him one day and I'm just inquiring about a place in Mona Vale. And he goes, yeah, mate, um, you know, was the old Minor 10 lumber trimming, like timber trimming part of their business. They were in this complex we're in now. And he said, it's a bit messy. You know, the floor's a bit, how are you going? But look, it's 130 square meters and it's, it was 20,000 bucks a year or whatever. It's cheap, right? Yeah. I said, done, we'll take it. And he goes, do you want to see it? No, no, it's fine. Just send me the lease, I'll sign it. Uh, who are you? What do you do? Are you like, oh, we we wash cars. We're like glorified car washers. It's called detailing. It's like, what's, what's <laughs> that? Yeah, mate, just, just I'll sign the lease. Like, it's all good. I'll guarantor it. Like, director's guarantee. Let's go. And now I know how important a director's guarantee is. But back then it was like, yeah, yeah, whatever. I'll swing the pen around, mate. Let me sign it. <laughs> anyway, sure enough, he sent it and we signed it. And two days later, we get the keys and I'm like, oh, what have we done? Oh. This is terrible. <laughs> It was. It had roller doors on every side. Well, with the exception of one, it had. It was the most unsecure place in the world. Anyway, since then we've we've built it and boxed it in and put lights in it, and it's just a never-ending money pit. Um, <laughs> and it's someone else's building, right? Yeah. <laughs> so we still rent it, and the part of what's and you know, consequently, we've gone next door now. We have the, the space next door, so we added. So we've got three hundred and forty square meters in total. Um, and become, you know, I commend my team for huge, huge props to them for 
being able to deliver what we do out of such a small space. And it's pretty awkward space as well. It's all, everything's doubled up on itself. It's all stacked like a double garage end on end. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it presents yeah, well inside. Like it looks, we love, I love cool shops, cool looking shops. So thanks, mate. And it definitely Thank you. presents well. So. The old hex light didn't make an appearance. Everyone's got a hex light. And I was like, <laughs> I said to my electrician when he was building, he goes, oh, I've seen on Instagram and this and that. I said, do not put those lights in my shop, please. I, they are like, gives my, yep. gives my, you know, I'll, yeah, I'll have eye issues. Like let's, and look, they're cool. They, they, they certainly look good in delivery bays. Um, no discredit to the hex light and anyone who's got them in there. I think they are cool lights. But I have such a small space; it had to be really well lit and very basic. Yeah. Um, so we just literally built the walls around what 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 I thought were straight walls. But we, as as the um, carpenter, well, as the builders were built, like boxing in the walls and the ceiling. He's like, "Yeah, man, I've had to like check the the wall <laughs> it bows. It was like 150 mils out at the front versus the back, and it only went eight meters." And I'm like. Oh my god, the car park's gonna fall. <laughs> the, the car park above us is gonna fall in on us or something. Anyway, Far out. here we are. Oh, you start somewhere and you're still there, so which is pretty good. So, how That's did you? Fun. Um, so we'll talk about the paint protection film. How did you? Yeah. How did you go with that? Installing that for the first time. Yeah, so we got it. Um, eight years ago now. Um, and man, it was challenging. I've got photos actually of uh, Tim Allison from Wingard, Mitch Collier from Sydney Premium in in my shop uh, when we first started working on it. I think it's an E63 uh, in matte film and we, we won a job from – so we work right next to G Brothers Mercedes uh, down here in Motorville, which is great. Yeah. And they've been an epic, epic support of ours for coming on you know, eight and a half years. Well, eight years. And – yeah, <laughs> we started and like anything, you get your accreditation. Uh, it was very challenging back then. We we didn't have the plotter yet, so we just buy the kits pre-cut. Oh, yeah. And these days I'm like, how did we do it? Like what? We must have, you know, we rip up, not heaps, but we rip up more than I want to, more, more film than we want to, you know, just by the nature of having now, but yeah. multiple staff installing it and, um, you know, reasonable team so yeah back then we we started it and it was it was challenging um just man, it took hours to do anything it was the profitability wasn't there it was the bottom of the market we charged next to nothing for it um like you probably would with a lot um and even to this day coatings still stuck up against ppf you either need to be set up for it and go hard with with ppf and kind of just do that, if you will, um, mm. or coding coding cars, as we all know, is is really good. And I think it's profitable business if it's done well. Like anything, we're we're in business, not in charity. You want you here to make money and to be here for the next customer's next car, um, which you hope to do, mate. It is, it's, uh, yeah. If something goes wrong, only this morning, literally before I, I thought I'd bring it to the to the podcast with you. The guys are like, oh, hey, Ryan, um. You're gonna need another bonnet for that M4 because we just ripped up two and a half meters of XFL. Um, someone wasn't paying attention. Morning, morning coffee in hand, and they just dropped it. Well, not quite, but they, you know, film got crunched up. It touched the floor. Off it goes. 
Yeah. And the shop's clean. We just squeegee the floors, mop the floors, off they go. And you piece, you know, hundreds and hundreds of dollars in the bin. Mm. So whereas if you if you and don't get me risk don't get me wrong, there is risk with polishing cars, of course, taking paint, rotary, you know, you just pick up yeah. a rotary machine and you don't know what you're doing. Off you go. <laughs> but you can, you know, a coating can be can be if you spill it, you can it's all good. You can wipe it off. It's all good. Oh, mate. Anyway, yeah. So we yeah. started it. Certainly, lots of hard, hard lessons. Lots of expensive lessons. Yeah, because I've, I've, yeah, with I've only just into PPF myself a little bit, but the awesome. profitability between coatings and film was always my wife always is into me like, and I've heard from different people about the, like if you do a full wrap, like the the profitability out of a full wrap is probably not huge when you can probably smash out one or two coatings that day and probably make a lot more. So I'll be completely and, honest. Yeah. What's your thoughts? If I was in to all the guys out there who are thinking about it and I'm not, it's not to say PPF isn't good. Like, yeah, of course we make money. I'm, I'm in business and, and it's been successful to date, luckily um, in PPF. The, the long and the short of it is this. The, and I've, I'm a big Excel spreadsheet guy and I love my numbers and I'm numbers, numbers, numbers. That's what I do. That's like business development is my sort of my fun. I, I call that my fun bit. Yeah. Um, I make more money coating cars than I do wrapping them as a percentage of, of you know, gross profit against the job. So, yeah. of course, there's more dollars to be made wrapping a car and it looks bigger but ultimately to be completely straight up and down by the time you take your costs and you need to be adequately insured, right? Mm. If you mess a car up because the film takes paint or whatever, ultimately, although you can get a customer to sign a deed of release and indemnity forms and show them your warranty, it doesn't actually stack up. Well, it, it, I hope it does, but realistically, you need to be properly insured and our insurance is huge because of what we do um, and I'm... I would argue that a lot of people aren't at, if you actually look at it, public liability does not cover you. You need negligence insurance, you need operational stuff, you need all sorts. Um, so that's the big one for me uh, oh. is the cost of doing it. So to, yeah, if you're going to do it, of, of course, certainly there is, there is money to be made. But I think if I was to do it all over again, I actually... And knowing what I know now, hindsight's a great thing. Um, I'd have done more coatings, to be completely honest. And that's just my personal view on it. Um, it's successful, yes, but like I say, it is expensive. Yeah. And there's a lot of capital tied up in, you know, I've got, we've got a lot of stock on mm -hmm. hand so we can turn cars over. There's a lot of capital tied up in that. Yeah, that pushes your revenue numbers up, but revenue... Uh, what's the saying? Revenue for vanity, profit for sanity, right? It's <laughs> it's actually about your growth at the end of the day. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's interesting because I hear a lot of it and we were only just speaking on a, on a chat group there before about the film, the, yeah, the stresses of it. And like yesterday, I just thought I'd test myself. It was a, a road glide Harley and they yep, got like yep. a real weird boxy front end on them. They do. And yeah. the customer sort of, we talked about it and I said, I can wrap the fork ends and it's all good. That's easy. And I said, I'll, I'll try and do what I can on the front. And I wrapped it 
and it looked cool, but it, it was all had drive lines and all sorts of stuff. So yeah, I literally yeah. just ripped it off, but it was more or less for a challenge for myself to see what I could yeah. do. And it went down okay, and I learned a little bit. And um, good, yeah, it was good, not good. trying to do it in one and piece. And I thought, I can't. Well, how long have you been doing it? Probably about two years. So, awesome, awesome. And do you have a particular product that you like using? Do you like? I just so my yeah so my introduction was the the bush wraps. Stuff, oh yeah, because we yeah the girls up in Queensland yeah, done a great so, job with that yeah. Just for the fact of introductory, um, the cost of it, like yeah, it's affordable to get into that way, and then yeah. you hone your skills that way. I don't yeah. have a plotter. Yeah. I don't bulk. The only things I bulk are like bonnets and yeah bits and pieces. I won't yeah, bulk yeah. doors and stuff like. I normally get stuff pre-cut, so I've been using some SunTech stuff awesome. and stuff like that. So, yeah, yeah, but cool. it's, it's a huge challenge and we're the only one in my town doing it, so that's sort of why I've been keeping at it. Yeah, and, neat. Okay. And then the wife's like, coatings are easier. I said, yeah, they are, but I said, PPF's probably the way of the future in a way. So, let's, Yeah, coating um, is certainly, as I say to customers, you know, you don't put sun cream on to go walk through a – a stinging nettle bush, you know, and it, and you, it's going to, it's going to protect you. That's a coating, right? Sunscreen, a coating. That's kind of my analogy and it's good. It does its job and we should all wear it and you put it on your car, of course. But if you want to go driving down the road and protect yourself or walking through a prickly pine needle bush or whatever, whatever, you know, past, past a bunch of broken leaves and branches on a gum tree, you need to wear a sun shirt. You need to put something on that's going to stop you getting scratched and, and that's how I sell it to customers. You know, you want to go, you want to go and actually put a barrier between you and, and the road. That is, that is it. Mm. That's that barrier. And my, I cater for my market here. So we've got a big four wheel drive market, like anywhere these days now, but we've got yeah. the coastal and yeah, yeah dunes and yeah. bush tracks and stuff. So that's sort of why I got into it that way. And then coding. Bush tracks of- would be awesome for that. No doubt. Yeah. So, and then it leads on to other full different installs and stuff like that, bits and pieces, yeah. but it's, yeah, yeah, it's not easy. Um, I like to challenge myself. I've done all sorts of weird stuff already and it's, yeah, bikes are one thing that are a bit weird, but yeah, it's, um, bikes are hard. They're probably the least profitable of, of, um, exactly. of any, it's one of those, you kind of got to do it. It's like probably like interior detailing. I don't, you know, <laughs> you've got to do it so that you can say you do it. But Everyone it's... knows my stance on that one. <laughs> <laughs> they go, I don't do it. I say, I do it. I don't promote that I do it. So, Yeah, you've got to do it. You have to, mm. like, it's, you know, it's oh, like, gig. again, supermarket analogy, right? You go to the supermarket, they probably only want to sell the stuff and make heaps of profit on. There will be lost leaders in there because that's just what you've got to do to, to you know, get people in store. So. Exactly. If that's if that's the way, you can't say to people, "I'll only I'll only do the good jobs," or "I'll only detail your car because it's new." Like that doesn't work. Yeah. So how how do you go? Like you're looking what you do. You do a very um, huge amount of high end cars. So how did you end up with attracting all them? And what's how's that go with wrapping them these days with new cars? Supercars are a pain in the ass. Yeah. <laughs> Um, if you can, uh, yeah, the, again, you can't. So like if a Tesla costs, let's just pick an arbitrary number. Let's say you can charge 
five thousand dollars, which I think is way under. Well, let's let's say you're charging seven grand for a Tesla, which is probably just above average. But let's say you say seven thousand dollars for a full PPF on a Tesla, and you've worked that out, and you can and you can smash it out in 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 a few days or a couple of days, whatever. And then a McLaren seven six five LT with full carbon lowers and a diffuser made up of like 15, 16 fins and heat like 30 or 40 pieces, right? A Tesla, there's something like, I don't know, 20 pieces in the kit mm. or 25 pieces. There is 192 bits <laughs> on the 765 LT kit with carbon lowers and then you double up certain areas. Now, if you do the maths and you, and again, my weirdo little spreadsheety, that's what I like doing. Well, I should be charging, if you take the $7,000 as gospel, you should be, for a Tesla, you should be charging like 30 to do a mm. McLaren. But no one no one can command that kind of money. Mm. And no matter who you talk to, oh, yeah, mate, we're charging X, Y, Z, whatever. The only way I believe anyone is say, sure, show me the invoice you wrote the customer because yeah. <laughs> I can't even, like we charge 12 for a supercar, right? And that's what it is in our in our sales log. But then it's like, do you have this? Do you have that? Do you have, and, you know, have you optioned some rare, you know, gold-plated um, elephants ball wrapped in, you know, there's so many random things you can, you know, spec on a car. And, I mean, Ferrari will do just about anything for you for the right amount of money, as will Lambo and MSO from McLaren. And they charge the most outrageous amount of money for this stuff because it takes time. So I think that, realistically we need to start charging for and the industry doesn't do it because they're willing to do it to put the the cars on instagram right so to your point exactly um how do we do lots of supercars i've been very lucky and so lex is just walking past at the moment i'm sitting in their facility at the moment chrome temple i've been so lucky and fortunate enough to work with them and be supported by by him and his team and and do a lot of and by by sort of the nature of what they do by the nature of having a relationship with some of some of the luxury car dealers around sydney we have tended to to gravitate towards that stuff it looks great on instagram everyone wants to be the next topaz or nbn or whatever um and i'm i'm guilty of that as well but have a think about how many toyota hiluxes rav4s camrys 300 series, whatever they've sold in the last year versus, the, you know, and that's the coding thing, right? Mm. People who buy a Camry, a big thing for me in this next next stage of my business life cycle is looking at, um, you know, the the normal car, I say normal, like, you know, cars that I might drive, like a, I've got a Toyota Land Cruiser, like I'm not, you know, I drive a Ferrari. So like what what would I want to get? Oh well, if I'm spending seventy thousand dollars on a Hilux, which I had a Hilux, you know, this seventy to eighty, probably more now, bloody Hilux rogues, like you know, or a GR. Mm. Let's call it between seventy and hundred K, right? Even cheaper at the bottom end. But those people, let's say they want to spend five percent on average. I think I did some maths, is the, the average spend on the value of the total value of the vehicle, meaning they'll spend anywhere from three to three and a half grand, call it on a 70 grand car, or maybe five on a hundred grand car. That might be a front end wrap or even a bumper and headlights and tearaways and a coating and a wheel coating and some products and 
and that's a big one and that's where getting together with the guys in our in our expel dealer network and our geon dealer network we talk about that stuff and i think it's really important to talk about and reflect on you know where where the market is and where the market is going and there's a lot of competition out there i mean tesla's just introduced they're going to do their own um film i think they're supported by avery dennison in that I'm not actually sure I shouldn't speak out of turn. Yeah, they're offering colored wraps just in North America for for the next couple of years, but I mean that's a big impact, you mm-hmm. know. I think there was a there was a bit of information that came out by um an independent uh, sort of authority in in the space and they surveyed 100 expel dealers in North America and 30 something percent up to 35 I think it was averaged out at like 30% of their work was Tesla um with tesla customers so you've got to be ready to pivot and that sort of stuff with that Mm. and yeah the market changes we need to figure out okay where to so yeah supercars look good on on the page and we just i think naturally being an early adopter of the product and well early would you know we were probably a bit earlier than some i suppose but um yeah we just got exposed to it because they're the market that want to spend the money, I suppose. Yeah. Uh, that's the easiest way to put it. But definitely now it's time to, I think, pivot and and uh, fire the, or aim the aim the guns at, at the people, um, you know, aim the marketing marketing money in the direction of, of your everyday Australian who drives a quote-unquote normal car. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. I got one in, in the shed now. Like it's a brand-new yeah. Mazda 6 guy wants – Awesome. Bonnet wrapped headlights, yep. interior wheels and coating. So thank you. Fantastic. So that's yeah. It's only a Mazda six. It's not a, but that's his Ferrari, mate. Like exactly. that's, that's that is that joy. person's pride and joy. And it's often, if you think let's, you put your business hat on, right. And you go, okay, what's someone's typically their largest financial, their largest asset or the biggest financial commitment in their life. Yep. Most often is the mortgage, right? Um, that's probably the biggest one. But as housing becomes more and more unaffordable these days, most people have a car in Australia. So that's a lot of particularly young Aussies. That's their biggest financial commitment is making repayments or or whatever. So you know what? Um, in comparison or relative to uh, people who have a bit more disposable income who have lots of um, you know, supercars, for example, I think the value of that item is more important to that person, or it certainly could be perceived that way. Not that Ferrari drivers don't love their Ferraris to pick on <laughs> Ferrari, but you know, I I take care of my Toyota because that's a really, you know, I love that, and I was lucky enough to get a little GR Corolla, and I love that car, and that's my pride and joy, and that's you know that's what I'll that's what I'll hang on to and you know, and um, promote the product on that and. But I look after that and I'm willing to spend money on servicing it and getting good tires for that car and all. No different to your supercar owner. So mm. there you go to, to your point. No, that's exactly, good. man. How do you go with um, uh, front end wraps? Like we'll talk about the numbers again, mm. the front end wraps and then a coating. A um, mm-hmm. lot easier, profitable than a full wrap, obviously, still. So more profitable, doing... yeah. yeah. So it's a yeah. 3.5% more profitable yeah. uh, than your average. Uh, coding to do a front end in the coding and it's about 18% more profitable uh, based on what we charge in my numbers to to do a front end of coding uh, than a full wrap. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, nice. Yeah, I think that'd be 
yeah, that's a good entry point. And that sounds super specific, but that is literally what I've figured out. That that is the numbers. It is if they don't like, that's what they say on paper. So that's yeah. what we try and promote. What we certainly will do, and credit to the likes of Mitch and uh, even Phil at, in uh, some Mitch at SPD and Phil at, up in Townsville. They're at attention, ATD, um, attention mm. detail. He's super like big on that. You know, that's the that's the market you can make money in. Let's let's focus on that. Yeah, no, it makes sense. So, do um, have you used much with Xbell their coding? Have you we have, yeah, yeah, a lot, a yeah. lot, yeah. Um, the also the, I'll, I'll be the first person to props to a product, and I love using all their products, most of them. Um, but the first generation of their fusion coding was impossibly difficult to use, and they knew it. Um. This new one, so the new premium, Fusion Premium, it's actually good. It stacks up. We use it. I've tested it now for a long time. We were really lucky to get some early tests, um, sample bottles. Uh, and it's, it's. I've spoken. I was lucky enough as well to go to the US, to Texas. Um, and that was awesome. Such a cool experience. So thanks to them for that. And thanks to, I know Mike from Car Care Products, he had a lot to do with that. And so, yeah. Um, it was great to see and talk to the people who are developing it and actually go, oh, wow, you've come from X company and they have, turns out, a lot of experience and a lot of chemical uh, you know, manufacturing practice and whatever. So it is a very good product. Um, now, it wasn't previously, and I'll be the biggest critic of that, like, yeah. you know, openly. Um, it wasn't previously. <laughs> it was really hard to use. And they're a, they're a film manufacturer, right? So they're coming out with bottles of like detailing spray and ceramic boost and yeah. all these products. They work, but I don't lean on those. Or, you know, I probably haven't in the past recommended those as much as like we would like a Geon product or even, um, you know, like Shine Supply does some great stuff as well. Um, you know, any of the really well-established detailing brands, they've just been doing it for so long. That's what they do. Exactly. Has the Expel community grown much in the last 12 months or two years in Australia? I reckon it's quadruple. I think we've gone from having, well, the Expel dealer conference is on on Friday this week. So that's the, we're in December. For anyone listening to this, it'll be like the end of like the 10th, roughly. Um, There will be something like between 70 and 90 people in attendance. Oh, wow. Right, and they're not all business owners, but a lot of them are. The it, Expel came direct to Australia uh, within the last two years, and that's been wonderful. We we spoke about this when we caught up last time, but mm. it's been wonderful. Lots of support. It's great, uh, and that comes with its challenges as well. They're a publicly listed company. They sell film. They're a business, just like you and I. You want to code as many cars as you can. I want to wrap and code as many as I can. Mm. They want to sell film. It's yeah. simple as that. They get paid, and they return they return to their shareholders, they return dividends to the shareholders on selling film and, and architectural film and automotive film. So by protecting their dealers and having this little ecosystem of dealers that never really has to fight for any work, that doesn't inherently, that doesn't promote growth in this market. And they came down and, and they smashed it. Yeah. And there's, I think it's probably doubled, quadrupled, probably a bit, bit steep. It's probably an exaggeration, but. It would yeah, right. have easily doubled in Sydney broadly, and they've covered areas like you know the southwestern corner of Sydney, 
the very western and northwestern corners have they've sort of grown. And then it's easy to say it's doubled um, because they did things at, to to their credit, and it's and it's good for our brand because the more people who know about it, our brand, it's good for Expel, it's good for me, mm. good for other Expel dealers because the more people who know about it, ask about it, again, it comes with its challenges. And I'd love to be the only guy in north of the Harbour Bridge who can sell it because <laughs> it'd be great. No one else would have it, right? But <laughs> it's not going to happen. So yeah. you just got to you got to work together and figure it out. Yeah, <clears throat> I only ask that because I've. From what I've heard, Expel are quite expensive, or the films more expensive than, say, the SunTech or Steck or whatever. So it's, it's it is, interesting yeah. to see that that's actually they're still booming even after their transition into their own ownership. It is, company. it is, yeah, definitely more expensive, definitely. Uh probably probably ten percent more, fifteen percent, twenty percent in some cases, easily in some of the brands. Yeah, but the difference is, I think, the full offering they give us. Well, offering the the product, um, so the DAP Design Access Program, um, it's just about to change again. But that the cutting software is epic, and it's been market leading. That said, SunTech has a new. They put a huge investment. Eastman's Chemical Company, massive investment, was north of a hundred million over a period of time. I can't at the time, but they put a huge amount of money into uh, SunTech and Core. Their new you know, DAP competitor, yeah. and it is great. It's a great product, great software. Mm. So there is there is challenges out there now for Expel, and there's market competitors, which is great because it means that you know, how do you how do you get it? You know, if the, the only coffee shop in town says rubbish coffee, well, as soon as a guy across the street opens up and has a you know coffee boutique or whatever, and he's serving, well, people people want the best stuff. So you know, more competition means. Yeah. Yeah, more quality for for customers at the end of the day. So, and we are customers of Expel, and of course we sell the product to our consumers, our customers. But as as big subscribers to their DAP, um, it's nice to see some challenges because it means they've had to pour a heap of money into patenting, a heap of money into that sort of stuff. Mm, And that's and uh, you mentioned Tim uh, from Wingard. I think he has a fair bit Mm. from the Aussie side of things, doesn't he? The Aussie cars. He's the He's the godfather. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He patterns a lot. He yeah. patterns a lot of cars. A wonderful guy. Huge support. Massive shout out to him. Um, so lucky to be able to call him and ask for help. And he's like that with, I, I think, most of the Expel network. He's just so passionate and he's been so um, dialed in to people, uh, helping them, dialed in with training. He was the trainer for a long period of time when it was uh, the distribution was under uh, car care products. Um, and patterning stuff as well. Yeah, a lot of Aussie cars, but he's only a team of, you know, there's five of them there or something, mm. or rappers or something like that. Uh, I can't forget. I can't remember exactly. I forget. But, I mean, how do you keep it? You can't keep up with every new model that comes out with the Australian ADR approved <laughs> sensor position and camera height and, like, yeah. it's ma- it's madness. Again, only this morning we threw out a, a bumper bar because – my production guy who does all our cutting had a quiet moment. Oh, not a bump. <laughs> sorry, not a bumper. I um a boot lid. And the Tesla has a spoiler on it. Well, the kit rather has a spoiler on it. That Tesla doesn't. But because he didn't walk to the car and check the car, he just printed what we last had. Oh, great. There goes another, you know. And you, you know, people make mistakes. You need to build that in. You need to be prepared for that. 
yeah. that's business. <clears throat> yeah, it's like when you start PPF, you pretty much tear up the first roll or expect to tear up the first <laughs> that's roll it. pretty much. That's it. Yeah, of all those film boxes we got sent back in the day, I'm sure I got them sent a lot more. <laughs> yeah. Um, <clears throat> so with your business now, where what's the future of it? Are you any plans to expand anything else other than just diverse what sort of cars you work on pretty much? Yeah, there are expansion plans and there's some stuff we're working on in the pipeline. Um, not not any more locations. Um, that's I I have got um, a growth plan, uh, like an org chart that I that I wrote out for our part of our business plan for the next twenty four months, and we will. I would like to have not twice as many staff, but thirty to forty percent more staff um, taking the team to 11 or 12 people um, and then having more space all under one roof. I think I really love being a part of it and I love our, our team culture. My staff team's amazing. I'm really lucky to have some great, um, great guys and girls. And, and for me, nurturing that and trying to grow that is, is exciting. So that's, that's part of it. Um, the other part of it, yeah, diversifying our customer base. Um, I don't want to get, too big too big i'd like to be you know the biggest business in the world of course but i don't want to be so big that i can't still answer the phone and talk to that customer who i spoke to 10 years ago who who, who was a, still a wonderful supporter of ours he's from uh, his name is ben and he's a good friend of mine i call him a good friend these days um just an epic supporter and he you know i want to be there to be able to service that customer um as well so although I have an excellent management sort of structure and a great general manager and shop manager uh, who t- take care of our customers, um, I'm still there to look after most of the customers I would have years ago and people that I've spoken to from back then. Um, but I've also got some other stuff, other businesses in other industries. So, or a, another business in another industry at the moment that I'm working on. And, and so dividing my time between those two, I want to be there to support my team. And then also have time to work on the business and that I can't have too many locations otherwise I'll mm. or anymore. Otherwise I will lose hair and it'll all be great. There's some great coming through now already. So <laughs> um are you actually on the tools much these days? Or yes. You are? Yep. Yeah. I try not to be all the time. So at one point in time I effectively um I wasn't oh well I'm lucky I should say I should, I'll leave by saying this. I've I've got a a wonderful team and I'm it's a it's set up in such a way that I actually don't need to be there for it to function. So I could take a month off tomorrow and it will continue to function and it will continue to um succeed. And that is just so awesome. I'm so mm-hmm. grateful for that. Um maybe not with me if I was behind the wheel like you know you're the business owner it's your baby right you're always going to be a bit a bit harder on the on the throttle than your your average <laughs> Um, team member and that's no discredit to them it's just how it happens um, yeah but we will we'll, yeah focus on that sort of uh, focus on that growth yeah <clears throat> no nice um, one I always ask everyone is there anything we yeah. could improve in our detailing industry detailing most definitely um, pain protection film most definitely but to your question directly I think 
a little bit like painting is a trade, I think there should at least be some kind of state or, or state government or federal government recognised level of education. I think education is everything and that's why a lot of people emigrate to Australia. You've got to think how many people come here every year looking for opportunity. It's such an amazing place to live. We're so fortunate. I think that, and part of that is because we have an education system and a lot of it is free. I know tertiary education is getting a bit expensive, but um, I think we need to focus on teaching people and not, and there's awesome people out there um, from rap trainers to detailing trainers, guys who run courses. It's amazing. I personally think we need someone in a classroom being able to, and it may not be a big course. It might only be, you know, a month long, but at least you could come out and say, you know, TAFE of New South Wales or something. I'm just picking up names yeah, here. Yeah. I'm not sure how we do it. I don't have that answer, but I definitely think some qualifications. Yeah. Yeah, yeah no, absolutely. And, and probably a lot of education around insurance being adequately covered and um, some transparency there from businesses. Like that's really big. You know, you sign, you, you, hire a car from a from a loan loan car company you know you, you have to read their pds before you should you, no one does but mm. <laughs> <laughs> sign at the bottom click 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 you know but there is there is a policy there they're, they're comprehensively covered i think i think educating people around that we, we should be well insured um for our consumers for our customers so that so that our customers cars you know i've heard of a lot of ups and downs in the last couple of years of people who just kind of come and go they're they're mm. not really professionally set up and they're just a sole trader and they might just come through not nothing against sole traders of course but you just come through and have a crack and then 12 months later something comes back and it's, it's gone terribly wrong as a result of some work and people just well sorry i can't help you mm. it's, you know that's no good for our industry either so yeah probably um education and and qualification probably yeah yeah, no, that's a, and when you're saying about insurance, like it might be look cool on Instagram working on Porsche and Ferraris, but if something happens, they're very expensive cars. And I, you have I will tell you straight up, my insurance bill is like five and a half grand a month to be, okay. and that is very comprehensive, but like it's, it's frightening. And that covers all of our, you know, I've got staff cars and loan cars and everything. I'm sure it could be leaner than that. I understand that, but it is an expensive, um, to be properly insured, like like work cover, like paying super, mm. like paying staff, <laughs> it all adds up. And doing business in Australia is getting more expensive. So yeah, totally, man. Mm. No, exactly. Uh, I might jump into our six stage questions. Oh, cool. <clears throat> if you remember them, uh, I, I don't. But <laughs> go. I, no, well, vaguely, vaguely. They're pretty pretty basic. Um, first ever detailing job. Or you're going to test me. Um, I'm going to pin it down. A black, but first a real one. Oh, it can be. A, yeah, but our first like proper detail was a mate's Subaru uh, Spec B Liberty uh, in Obsidian Black. And we did a lot of work on that car. That was <laughs> a, lot of work. a lot of work for not much. It was, I may as well have done it for free because I've yeah. felt less bad about it. <laughs> we we hear that one a lot. Yeah, that's yeah. all right. You learn. Start somewhere. Exactly. Favorite polisher? 
It has to. No, I do remember this one. My LHR fifteen, my first ever LHR, and credit to Alex, my 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 business partner from way back. Um, he only recently fixed it and returned it to me. The the brushes had gone to shit, and he bought some new brushes and pulled it all apart. Man, I cut my teeth on that machine. That was the first ever. I can tell you how many hours I spent with that shaking in my hands and, you know, the, the feeling of a polisher and just trying to find the balance. And <laughs> I had a kamikaze backing plate on it. It was awesome. It still is. I love it. It's in the drawer at work. I, it's got my name on it. <laughs> the staff team don't use it. That's what I pull out if I've got the the joy, the joy of doing it. But it is still, it's a corded machine. I'm sure, I mean, the new, um, the new like belt-driven roots, the big 21 that I've got, that's super powerful. It's like taking a sledgehammer to a car like that really cracks on. But, you know, we we have an awesome um, bunch of tools to choose from and that's still the one that I pick up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, they're definitely popular. Do you have a, um, a dream car that you'd like to own one day? Uh, yeah. Uh, I've got a couple. I, I'm a mad old Porsche nut. Oh, yeah. And yeah, so they're hard to wrap. We don't wrap a lot of them, but we polish a few. <laughs> I've always had a thing for Targas. Um, just love them to bits. I think they're really cool cars and the character, the people you meet who drive them, um, you know, they, I think they represent a real passion. That, and there's lots of cars to be said for that, mm. but the passion that I see in and around those cars is, is definitely there. But the straight up answer, a singer, a Porsche singer. I just think the amount of time there's like a four year wait and two years worth of manufacturing and hand built in California. I think I have a customer who sent um, their 993 that they had as a donor car that they bought to the States. It's being rebuilt as a DLS. Uh, wow. singer so that would be just the, a dream come true being able to do that would be and just going there and being part of the process i think that's like a you know the, the true sense of the word tailor-made mm. i think that'd be, that's it bloody oath very nice uh it's it, expensive taste <laughs> oh, <laughs> so, so, never gonna happen but anyway it's a dream car so <laughs> <a> dream car. <laughs> uh <clears throat> do you have a favorite detailing tool or product Geon wet coat is epic. Yes. Yes. Epic. I just think it nails it. Um, It's certainly one of them anyway. It's probably got to be the top because every time I ask my staff team, well, there's eight of us and it's like, who's, what's your favorite product guys? And like 80% of us wet coat. Wet coat. Because it just is, put it on everything all the time. Works really well. I'm sure there's competitive products, but that's that's awesome. Mm. I love it. Now we hear that a lot on the, on the Geon newsletters. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 well, yeah, that's it, that's it. Yeah, and uh, it's probably a bit clashing with the last um, what we can improve, but what any say if you're starting out now, a tip for any detailer starting out these days might no, I'll make it not clash because it's not to do with the actual work. You can watch a lot of YouTube, you can have a lot of practice, you can you can go to a lot of courses, do yourself a favor, find a mentor who understands business. We are in business and everyone in this industry treats it like, well, not everyone, that's very broad, that's a broadly sweeping comment, but this industry typically is, is a, it's a hobbyist turned professional industry. 
I would say the biggest thing and the, and the most thing I've most appreciated is having a mentor who is who has been very successful in their own business and understands mine well, very well, and that I can share in the highs and the lows. Mm. I'm sure if you speak to any highly successful CEO and we're lucky enough to deal with people in business who've done very well and they have lots of nice cars and the number one thing they say is you're not there by yourself. No one expects you to have got a great team, but there's always someone behind the, the person, right? There's always someone behind the the, the head of the the head of the business and I think that yeah find yourself a mentor it may they may be a great detailer themselves but typically I would say try and find or, or talk to people and understand business because if you fundamentally understand the ups downs the ins and outs you'll see those early warning signs of a quiet month or you'll be able to capitalize an opportunity or you know yeah no, 100% business mentor Remember, Rennie Doyle always says there's more to detail than making paint shine. So there's more of that. Absolutely. It's... Absolutely, mate. Yeah, nailed it. Yeah. And you're big on your numbers, so know your numbers as well. So that, that's it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Problem. That comes from him, from having this person in my life. Just always like yeah. on me about that. Um, it can be obviously a bit intense, but at least I know what's going on. So, exactly. And if, you don't, if you're not a numbers person, that's okay. But don't wipe your hands of it and say, oh, well, I, you know, I, I don't know. Uh, so I leave it with my accountant or I leave it with my bookkeeper. That's I don't think that's a great practice mm. personally. Yeah, that's why I got my wife. She sorts that. <laughs> I'm sure. There you go. I'm sure she's all like. And that's and to your point, you were like, oh, you know, why would she says to you, you know, coding's are better. Well, it's because she sees, she just sees it black and white. She yeah. just sees what's written on the paper. Like she's the, you know, she's the CFO, right? So she's yep. going to go, well, that's a silly idea because we're chewing up cash there. Yeah. So that's a really smart, that's a very powerful thing. You should be really, um, it's really lucky and really good of you to do that. Yeah. You know, she's awesome at that. And Unreal. your interests outside of your business of detailing mm. or your shop. Yeah. Um, I love, got a bit of a social, great group of friends. I've really come to find some wonderful friends through our CrossFit gym. So being on doing that, um, cycling, um, I'm in the RFS, the volleys, the fireys. So I have really enjoyed being able to spend more time doing that. And I was talking to you about balance before, mm. trying to allow a bit of time to go into, particularly as the fire season kicked off, go up to, you know, different communities that needed needed the support. That was really good. Um, so doing that as much as I can, I'd love to be a full-time <laughs> volunteer and just not quite, but um we can't do that yet, but um, yeah, love doing that and love sport. So yeah, keeps me keeps me grounded. No, very nice. No, all right, Ryan. We'll uh, might wrap it up there. You've been really good it's with unreal. your time. Been a Thank day. you so much. Oh, mate, it's an absolute. It's a privilege. It's um, really nice to talk to you and finally see you. Well, finally see you again. <laughs> and uh, yeah, thank you very much for having me on. It's really, it's so cool to hear all these awesome stories from people. And it's a real privilege being able to share mine. So thank you. No, it's been awesome to have you on. And it was one of the bucket lists. So yeah, I'm slowly, oh, really kind slowly getting through that list from, from day one, but we're getting there. So that's really kind of you, man. Thank you. No. Awesome. So, all right, we'll, uh, we'll wrap it up and we'll talk to everyone soon. So thank you, mate. Thanks again, mate. Cheers. Thanks, bro. Talk to See you. Ya. That was another episode of the Detailing Down Under podcast. 
Subscribe now for everything auto detailing in Australia.